Welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, an inclusive jobs board and career space for women and non-binary individuals. My name is Zoe Jones. I am your host. I'm a careers coach, life coach, marketer and yoga teacher, and I have worked for some of the biggest corporations in the world. But right now I'm committed to breaking down barriers to change the narrative surrounding gender equality and diversity at work. So whether you're a HR leader or a job seeker looking to dive into a male-dominated industry, this podcast is for you. Each week we'll have real, open and honest conversations about diversity at work, discrimination, the gender pay gap and everything in between. I'll raise topical debates about women at work, I'll speak to industry leaders and I can't wait to offer some career-related meditation and manifestation extra special podcasts so watch out for those i am so happy to have you here so grab yourself a hot drink and settle down for the jobs for women podcast Welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I am delighted to welcome a very dear friend and a very special guest to this week's episode. Belinda Jane Batt is mum to two small children and founder of The Flourishing Mother. Belinda works with mothers of all ages and life stages using evidence-based tools and techniques grounded in positive psychology and coaching psychology to support their transition into flourishing motherhood. So welcome to the podcast, Belinda. Thank you. So nice to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you. Um, I have been following your business on social media and honestly, what a breath of fresh air. Um, Everything that you're talking about in terms of supporting women, um, which obviously is very apt for Jobs for Women, which is all about female empowerment at work, breaking down barriers, looking at diversity. And it's a topic that we could just talk about for hours and hours and days and years, isn't it? Yes. Days and days. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about Flourishing Mother um, in your own words. Tell me a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get onto this, um, I think, a a little bit later as well. But I think um, what's been interesting for me is that becoming a mother uh, has essentially really changed my whole perspective on life and what I want to do. And I think just learning well to appreciate the challenges that women face when they become mothers um both personally and professionally it's something that you don't really appreciate until you become a mother yourself and it's only since becoming a mother that I've realized how much support mothers actually need and that is why I've launched the flourishing mother so I actually I think it was just before I had my son actually that I started to retrain in uh, positive psychology and coaching psychology, but it wasn't until I'd actually had my son and had experienced motherhood that I realized that I really wanted to work with mum. So to put put what I had learned to good use and use it to support mother's well-being um, in the workplace and out of the workplace. That's such a brilliant idea. I My children are a little bit older now, but this is what I feel like I needed. I really struggled in those first few years with all aspects of mothering, life, going back to work. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're doing is so important and it would be great if it was part of, you know, the service, the care that women get, you know, as a, as a given after they have children. Um, mm-hmm. And so prior to launching Flourishing Mother, you worked in London for years and years in PR, marketing and comms, and you worked in the charity sector. 
So during mm-hmm. those years, did you did you ever face any sort of difficulties, maybe gender inequality or any issues at work as a woman working in that area? I think I I don't think it was explicit. I think it was one of those kind of things that maybe at the time I didn't really realise. And now I look back, it's a really good question because I think when I look back at my younger self, kind of in my 20s working and 30s, you know, working in London, um, I don't think I ever questioned whether my male counterparts were treated better or paid better than I was. Mm. But I... Certainly towards the end of my career in PR when I was a bit older, sort of, you know, mid-30s, I did start to question that a bit more. And I I vividly remember when I was working for an agency uh, towards the end of my that that part of my career, shall we say, uh, that there was a career review process um, that was happening and it came out in a conversation, an informal conversation, that one of my peers was earning quite a lot more than I was. And we were, you know, exactly the same level. And that was actually really shocking. It's not, you know, like I said, it, it's sort of, it's not something that's explicit. It's not something you necessarily question because you kind of have this level of trust in your employer. But when that kind of came to light, there was a lot of uh, uproar, you know, amongst yeah. the, the, the female members of the organization as to how the female CEO had allowed that to happen. That's incredible, isn't it? And that's going on still, obviously, to this day. How did the how did the company respond? Do you remember? Um, I d- actually left soon after, to be honest, because I had other issues relating to, uh, yeah, the treatment. You know, after having children and the fact that the career was just not really compatible with, uh, with motherhood. So, you know, again, that there were kind of other underlying issues there. I didn't appreciate how I was treated around my maternity. And the whole experience just wasn't desperately positive. So I think, yeah, I don't remember exactly what happened. I know for sure that both myself and the person that was uh, embroiled in the in this sort of scandal, so to speak, we both left soon after because we weren't that happy anyway. But wow. um, yeah, and he wasn't happy either. You know, let's let's be honest. Not men don't necessarily want to be treated differently, like in this way. Yeah, in, in really good point. Way. Absolutely. um, That's interesting what you said about, um, you know, like uh, a role supporting after you've had kids, because I was similar. I ended up leaving London because I was working for a big corporation and I don't know whether my mental health, well, I know my mental health wasn't in a good place, but it's like I couldn't visualise myself going back and doing the job. I felt like a totally different person after having a baby and I just couldn't yeah. put the two together. We ended up relocating, as you know, but it's so interesting, isn't it? The support. And I know that you're doing um, some amazing work with um, corporations, aren't you, on how they can support women when they return to work. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think what you just said is a really important thing to point out. Um, that just, just that when you have... A, have children the experience is it's it can be really jarring and it actually it's almost like your identity is just suddenly split in two yes (laughs) and you a lot of women a lot of the mothers that I work with feel like they are really struggling to kind of assimilate their pre and post you know Mm -hmm. child identities um so so yeah I'm working with increasingly working with with corporate clients on positive psychology and coaching 
informed initiatives to support mothers' well-being, particularly supporting them back into the workplace after they've had children. Um, and, you know, and actually, t- I've just I literally just come off a call delivering a, a, a workshop to a corporate client. And something that I like to, to, to talk to them about in the sessions is that of all the well-being models that I've looked at, certainly preparing for these sessions, every single aspect of well-being that you know all the things that that people say are required to uh, have optimal well-being every one of them is challenged when we have children uh you know things like positive emotions engagement meaning relationships accomplishment health you know all of these things are challenged in different ways when we have kids and um and so it's really not a surprise that when uh, not just when we become mothers but particularly when we become mothers and we try and go back into the workplace I think there are so, so many barriers that we face. You know, already our well-being has taken a hit. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot of barriers that women face when they go back to work. And just to, to just name a couple of them, um, the mothers that I have spoken to experience a huge amount of guilt. Uh, guilt about leaving their children to return to work. And, you know, that that can sort of really really get under your skin that feeling of guilt and I think when we have children we go from a, a sense of all our careers we're taught that the right thing to do is focus on ourselves focus on our careers strive for success and then suddenly we have children and it's like we are kind of told that we actually need to be focusing on our children and doing what's best for them and being self-sacrificing and there's all these competing ideologies I guess that we're like pulled in all these different directions And when we do go back to work, you know, a big part, a big number of the people that I speak to, they feel guilty about it. Uh, They feel stuck between these ideologies of like career and individualism versus motherhood and self-sacrifice, you know, conflicting priorities. Mm -hmm. They feel such pressure to do well in both spheres and not drop any balls, you know. But the problem is you can't do that. And inevitably, it's going to lead to stress and burnout and um and there's this massive lack of support and recognition that motherhood and mothering is work. It's actually a job. It's like we have, it's, you become a mother, you have an extra job, you know, even if, yeah. even if you don't return to paid employment, you, you have unpaid employment at home. And I think that's not something that employers recognize and society recognizes enough. Um, and then, yeah, just other things, just like, it's just a big psychological shift. We we're trying to assimilate who we were, who we are now. Our values have changed, or may have changed, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of women also go back to work and experience marginalisation, discrimination, problems with inflexible working hours. You know, someone asked me today, "What about the fathers?" And I said, "Look, you know, I'm not saying that fathers don't experience challenges too, but what I'm saying is that in most cases, not all." It's the mothers who are also the primary caregivers, even when they go back to work. So it's the mothers that are in the office having to drop everything if their children are sick. You know, we're the ones that have to drop everything. So I'm not saying fathers don't have challenges, too. I'm saying it's it's the primary caregiver that is the one that that tends to suffer. So, yeah, yeah, all of these issues, really. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I've been doing loads of reading upon this recently and um, I've read several books recently. I'm sort of like going through Audible, like a crazy <laughs> woman. Um, but there was something about um, it's the thinking time. So like my husband and I will try as much as we can to, you know, split childcare, but inevitably a lot of it falls back on me. No, no, 
disregard to him, but it's also the thinking time. So it's like, you know, just generally thinking about where the kids are, what they're doing, when they're on school holidays, which camp are they going to? And it does. And the more women I speak to, the more it does tend to fall within the mother's remit. And when you talked Mm. then about returning to work, like it almost gave me shivers, (laughs) you know, like your body takes, is it a year and a half, two years to fully recover from giving birth? And then you're sort of expected at you know, some people go back a lot sooner, but on average, maybe nine months to a year. And you're sort of expected to just revert back, aren't you? And yeah, and just be the person you were whilst, you know, looking after a human and everything else that comes with it. So that yeah. that work that you're doing sounds amazing, but there's so much more that 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 I guess businesses can be doing, HR departments to up the level of support and I guess that flexible approach is so important. Yeah I think it is and I love what you just said just to quick re- quickly recognize that the mental load of motherhood that's what I I sort of think of it as that that mental load is all that extra thinking all that all that stuff that the the women tend to do that the men don't I think that's really important thing to recognize um but yeah I think in terms of what corporates uh, you know employers just need to recognize that um mothering is is another job so yeah they women go away on maternity leave you know and come back with an with an extra job and I think that's the the fundamental thing is to try and understand that better and I think listen listening to mothers without judgment about what they need listen to their needs and actually try to meet them or at least meet some of them you know when they come back not just expecting them to change for the work you know situation but actually how can they meet those needs yeah um and then I think I mean yeah just the area that I'm working is just bring in well-being initiatives health initiatives things that promote well-being for mothers even if it's you know I was talking today about health and activity exercise in it is in itself a positive psychology uh intervention if you like because it it increases your you know endorphins when you exercise and ultimately it makes you feel more positive so even small initiatives like uh bringing in some exercise into the workplace that mothers who might not have a single chance to exercise outside of work you know could 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 get involved with that and um and then just yeah other interventions that i use like um working with strengths and practicing gratitude and that there are lots of different ways that that mothers can support their own well-being at work and also that managers can support mothers well-being and I think there's a lot of there's a real need for the two to work together yes Um, you know to to actually kind of improve the well-being of the mothers more holistically and and the companies as well you know provide these initiatives provide coaching help them kind of reevaluate where they are now look at reevaluate their goals and their values and um yeah like set new goals which are more congruent with their new values now they are parents yeah because there's loads of um loads of companies have policies don't they and they're sort of written and put off in a drawer or filed away online but it's so important to revisit how they're what they're actually doing and what what message they're sending out and how they're supporting the team that's really interesting what you say about um physical activity it's like a no-brainer but of course it's part of positive psychology because of yeah the Mm. endorphins it's like sometimes when I absolutely can't be bothered to move and I do get myself up and moving it it does have such a positive effect but like you said there in that nutshell when you are a new mother 
the t- it's the time you are so time poor aren't you that it's mm-hmm. it's like do I sleep or do I go for a walk you know so if if your place of work could bring that into your work day somehow either on a lunch break then how incredible is that mm-hmm. there's so many easy ways I think that companies can better support mums I think you know it, it just what something that's been I don't know gets my goat a bit is speaking to to people I know who work in you know corporate companies whatever and they they just say oh yeah we've got well-being initiatives so you know but I can't I always question well what does that mean like you say is that you've got an off-the-shelf well-being initiative that you wheel out for you know every employee (laughs) is not the same as having a a tailored well-being program to support returning to work mothers for example Mm -hmm. or you know I mean I'm not just a retire I mean I'm my children are two and four now and I still have loads of those challenges and I'm sure you do too with mm-hmm. old, you know slightly older children those challenges evolve and change but essentially I don't I think that mothers need their own well-being initiatives I don't think it's enough to to just say oh we've got a, a tick box you know off the shelf well-being thing that we do and you know and that's that and therefore we're not interested in talking about how we can improve women's experience when they come back from maternity leave I just I think that's just not on. <laughs> yeah. And everyone is so different. I remember when uh, one of my first jobs, when we moved back to Leeds, I remember my little boy whew, went through such crazy separation anxiety and I would literally drop him off at nursery and cry all the way to work. And when I got mm. there, there was just, I mean, it was a really, really small company, but that, you know, that, that, that doesn't matter. What, what I was faced with was women that just they didn't get it. They didn't know what to say. And it was, there was just nothing. I remember having to just almost flick a switch and just revert into work mode and leave all those emotions at the door. And that was so Mm. challenging for me because, you know, your children are a part of you and you live that anxiety and that upset, don't you? When you, when they separate Mm. from you. So it's things like that for me. That's why when I had my first child, I just couldn't go back to that job in London. It was weird. It was like, I knew that the two wouldn't go together. Mm. And that's my fear for, you know, women the world over. And that's why the gender pay gap is uh, so prevalent and not going anywhere soon because the amount of women that, you know, are dealing with women's health issues or that leave around childbirth age because, you know, childcare is so expensive you know, the amount of women maybe leaving when it gets to menopause. I've read statistics on women, you know, having to deal with loads of women's health issues and then decide that it's just time to retire. So so everything is connected, isn't it? So if the support isn't there for women, these other issues are just going to continue. So I think the work you're doing is incredible. And your work, you're doing one-to-one work as well, aren't you? So you're doing your corporate work. Tell me a little bit about your one-to-one work. Yeah, so I've been doing one-to-one coaching with mums for a while. um, And that's just, that can be like any number of challenges that they're facing or anything they want to, you know, if they want to pursue new, um, a new career or, you know, improve their own well-being, you know, it it can be like a million different things that they want to work on. But essentially, one-to-one coaching to improve mother's well-being. And then I've been doing, um, I live in Totnes in Devon. So I've been doing some in-person group coaching, which has been lovely with babies, which has been really sweet. Um, just mums coming along and bringing their babies with them and and doing some coaching as best we can, obviously with the babies sometimes crying and whatnot, but it's been quite nice. <laughs> um, and then 
And then, yeah, we're increasingly working with corporates on the well-being initiatives. And I'm actually just about to launch next month uh, a new six-week online coaching program, which is for 10 mums. I've capped it at 10. I really want to make sure that the people doing it get, you know, the most value they possibly can. And that is bringing all of my positive psychology, coaching, all of my learnings. I'm doing a um, another course at the moment in sociology of motherhood. So I'm really bringing all that kind of awareness about the structures, societal structures and the things that keep us in place and stop us from flourishing. And I'm kind of bringing that all into one program, basically. So it's got one-to-one coaching, group coaching, and um, and also some learning modules as well. So I'm really excited about that. That launches on the 13th of September. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That's something that we all need, don't we? Can you imagine if when everyone gave <laughs> birth, they could just have this support? Like, I mean, that would have changed my whole experience of of being a new mum. Mm. But I also just to go back to something else you said, um, your children are two and four now. Mine are, I have to think mm-hmm. about this, five and seven. Um, and it does shift. It's like what I said earlier about, you know, the first few years and it's really challenging. But it's like you you said earlier, it does shift. So the challenges are still there, aren't they? They just become... Mm they just sort of shift slightly as the children get older. Like my little boy at the moment is going through a, a worrying stage, a bit of anxiety, and I'm trying to sort of navigate that, What you know, supporting him while still working. So although it's not like, you know, um, getting him to nursery or dealing with, um, you know, expensive childcare, there are always issues being a parent, being a mother, that you're going to have to work around whilst juggling you know, earning money for the family, Absolutely. your own career. Um, yeah. So that's really yeah, interesting. I think it's like, it's definitely more emotional. As, as someone said this to me the other day, you, you have to offer more emotional support when your children get older. So for me, the challenges right now are mainly relating to health, having to drop everything every time they're sick, which is all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and then as they get older, yeah, you really have to get in tune with their emotional needs. And that also has huge demands on, on mothers and, well, parents, of course, in general. Um, so, yeah, it changes. And then when you get older still, you know, I've worked with mums who are who have kids that have left home and then they just feel this sense of kind of what where am I now? What what oh. am I now? You know, I was a mother and now I'm, you know, they've gone, they've flown the nest. What now? So it's it, the challenges are different at every stage of motherhood, I think. So what we're saying is it's the support, it's the lack of support or it's, it's, I suppose it's for women to empower themselves, like you said earlier about women supporting themselves, but also if they're working in a corporation, it's, it's the two coming together, isn't it? So it's not just about getting loads of help without helping yourself. It's, it's the two that need to marry up, don't they? So we need to be empowering ourselves and helping ourselves. Absolutely. I think we need to upskill ourselves. And that's where I can help, you know, with like learning tools and techniques that we can use to improve our well-being. And I think we also need to connect with other like-minded mothers and be surrounding ourselves with the right people. Um, and I think, yeah, we also need to be kind of shouting about the fact that that it's things are not equal and mothers are not supported and society does not view mothering as a job. And, you know, I think we need to be having these conversations a lot more openly. It's amazing when you post things on LinkedIn, you know, like I get that all the time. I, I Someone said to me, oh, you're brave the other day for posting something about, you know, the inequality in the workplace and the fact that you know society is is not recognizing the work that mothers are doing 
um, in the workplace. You know, someone told me I was brave and I thought, God, that needs to wow. change, doesn't it? That's, yeah. That's not brave. It's just like it's, everyone should be talking about this. Yeah. And it's like I was chatting to someone the other day who is a stay-at-home mom, you know, the, you know, and she said she gets she sort of gets the eye rolls or she'll get like, um, you know, she thinks that people are making an, a, a, an assumption about her, either her income or whatever it is. So it's like you you get judged if you work full time and never see your kids and your kids are in after school club. You get judged if you don't work and you're a stay at home mom. It's like, and I, mm-hmm. I can't help but feel that it's always the women. You know, my husband works full time and he's not getting judged if the kids go to after school club, but it's the, exactly. it's these societal um um what's the word you know the the values that are placed in society that everyone labels conforming to yeah yeah and I always remember my best friend um she had babies way before our our group so you know like our school friends and the one word she used to always say to me when we ever talked about babies was guilt she could not handle the guilt and I know you've mentioned that word but that's such an interesting one, isn't it? Because I talk to my husband about that now. It's like the guilt of not being able to keep everything, all the plates spinning. But it's like we yeah. need to remove that guilt, don't we? It's really hard. I think guilt's the number one thing and that, that mothers yeah. talk about. And for me, I did my master's research on guilt and shame in new motherhood. And it's just astounding how many things mothers feel guilty about. Wow. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's like you can feel guilty about every single thing basically you know you can torture yourself with it um and I think we just need to yeah be supported to I don't know someone said to me the other day interestingly when you have apparently there is research to suggest that when you have more than three children um you actually feel less guilt as a mother and I think that is purely because you just you must just get to a point where you <laughs> realize that you you really can't do it all <laughs> maybe when you've got like one or two children you just kind of think well maybe I should just work harder and then when you get to three or four you're like oh, okay no <laughs> <laughs> well we know what to do Beach. we need to get going don't we have more children <laughs> no, no thank you <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's brilliant! My my friend's got four, so I'll tell her that. That she'll absolutely love that. <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today for giving me that time. It sounds like you have got so much going on. If people want to learn more about the work that you're doing, the corporate work or one to one coaching, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me too. Um, the best place is probably to start with my website, which is uh, Um, Or you could also just drop me an email, which is belinda at theflourishingmother.com. And I'm also pretty um, regularly uh, featuring on Instagram, which is just at flourishingmother. So you can reach me via any of those channels and you'll find information about the course and um, yeah, what I'm doing, all the different strands of things that I'm doing with mothers. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. And I'll also pop it on the show notes. Thank you so much, Belinda. Um, I can't wait to see what the future holds for the flourishing mother. It's all very excited and very needed. So well done. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Bye. So that's it for another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Belinda today. I think we covered some really important 
areas that need talking about, that need vocalising more when we're thinking about women either returning to work after having children or being supported as a working mother. And Belinda brought up some really, really interesting um, points about guilt. And if you are interested in joining Belinda on her upcoming courses, you can check out her website. I'll put all the details in the show notes. And if you have a story to share um, about being a working mum or whether you left your corporate career once you decided to have children, I'd love to hear from you. As always, email me hello at jobsforwomen.co.uk. And if you're an employer, looking to advertise your vacancy and reach more women don't forget to have a look at the website jobsforwomen.co.uk until next time take care